respond to reports of a missing person. The mother is on scene and requesting assistance. Unit 527 responding 1039. This is Over the Horizon and Far Away. Hello, hello. We are so excited you guys found us for another week. Welcome back to Over the Horizon and Far Away, a true crime podcast that covers cases of the missing and murdered that did not get the media attention they deserved. Welcome back, you guys. It's Danielle. And this is Julia, and this week Danielle has some really exciting and awesome ghost stories for you guys. Yes, so um, we appear to be on a Yellowstone kick, you guys. Me and Julia, just kind of on our own, decided we were both going to do like Yellowstone Park-themed episodes, bonus episodes for you guys, which is hilarious um, because we didn't realize that (laughs) until we were all done, but here we are. Um, Yep. Luckily, it did work out for us because our stories are different. We did not end up doing some of the same stories, though. When she shared some of her stories, I was like, oh, I read that one and contemplated using it. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's just funny that we, I mean, great minds think alike. Exactly. And they had some really good stuff on there. So we get to share it with you guys. Yes. Now, um. My theme for my Yellowstone Park um, episode, I decided was going to be ghost stories um, because who doesn't love a good ghost story and like how it became a ghost story. So um, you guys probably know that Yellowstone is probably one of like the best known parks, um, probably because it's a giant volcano, but also um, I think the show has really, the Yellowstone show has really, publicized like Yellowstone Park and people have kind of um, romanticized it and whatnot. That's why we've had a lot of people want to move to Montana. So, and I can just tell you guys, Montana is not like the show Yellowstone. No, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) Not even close. Uh, You know, I think that the best part for locals, um, you know, in Montana, Wyoming, Idaho area, is like it's always just kind of a wild year ride every single year um, just to see the tourists come in and um, what they end up doing and like also just like how tourists end up like sharing their experiences about going to Yellowstone. Sometimes that's really funny to like read and hear about too um, because like I always I think it was floating around like Facebook or something. Some person had like wrote a review of Yellowstone and they were like mad that the bears weren't out but it was like the middle of winter and like <laughs> it's just like the most and like even if it wasn't like you're not actually guaranteed to see any wildlife at all right like hopefully you do it's certainly everywhere but you very well may not so it's just really funny to see how tourists interpret the park and another thing i think that's interesting is like people associate yellowstone with montana and there is some of yellowstone in montana but i isn't the majority of the park in wyoming like almost all of it yep yep sure yeah, that's is interesting <laughs> yep we have a little just a little piece of it and then i believe idaho just has a tiny piece of it as well and then yeah wyoming makes up most of it so Yeah, it's like a little sliver. It's like almost none. There's great wilderness in Montana, a ton of it. But I don't know. Yellowstone is, 
I don't think it's owned by Montana in any way. No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we have talked before about, like, tourists getting too close to animals. Um, Every year, it seems like somebody's always being trampled or gored. Um, You know, I always laugh at those people that, you know, again, like, have this expectation that I'm going to see... You know, I'm going to see this bear. That's almost like the most common one. I think people always go to see the bears or the wolves too. Um, And so, and then they're like mad when they don't. Um, And so that's always just really funny, you know, to hear. But I do actually have a funny story for you guys at the end about um, some shenanigans when I was a teenager. So, and I was at Yellowstone. So you guys be sure to stick around for that. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, let's start out um, with our first ghost story. So, guests have reported seeing a female form in what appears to be a white dress descending from the crow's nest of the Old Faithful Inn with her head tucked under her arm. Now, the crow's nest was this area where, like, the band played back in 1915 when the story actually takes place. It is believed that this young woman still haunts Old Faithful Inn after she was tragically murdered. Legend says that she was on her honeymoon with her new husband, having made a long trip over from New York. The couple had been in their room and were overheard having a loud verbal exchange. The husband was then seen leaving the room and never returned. After not seeing the wife for a few days, housekeeping entered the room to check on her, only to find her murdered in the bathroom and decapitated. The weird thing was her head was nowhere to be found. It would be several more days until her head was discovered in the crow's nest. Now, you may have noticed that I didn't use any names when giving this story. Um, And you may be wondering why that is. So that is because the story is actually completely made up. So it actually stems from an employee of the hotel Um, That was just being bugged by a reporter that really wanted to know like ghost stories of Yellowstone and the different buildings and stuff. And finally, he was just like tired of this person bugging him and completely made the whole thing up. However, many people do believe that it's true and they continue to report sightings of this woman. Okay. If that's not true and like he just made that up to get the reporter off his back. That man is a really good storyteller, and he, I hope he wrote a book at some point, because I can see why people were so captivated by that. That was an awesome story. Yeah, right? I'm like, that, I would, I guess, I that's something. I don't know that I would have been able to come up with something that good. <laughs> no, that's a really good story. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. If I were that reporter, I would come back for more stories. I think it would have worked opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Now, our next story involves 77-year-old John Yancey. So he actually was at um, Yellowstone during the dedication of the Roosevelt Arch in Gardner, Montana in 1903. And it's said that he caught a cold at this event and ended up dying soon after from pneumonia. Now, park employees claim that Yancey's ghost took up residence in Yellowstone's Roosevelt Lodge and that it that he can be a bit of a nuisance ghost. Uh, Sometimes they hear a tin cup banging on the walls of the employee quarters in the early morning. Um, Other times they've said that um, objects will be hidden and then they'll reappear in random places. 
Um, it's also said that his ghost is like notorious for unsaddling horses. Um, and especially if it was ridden by a pretty girl. So um, I feel like maybe there's a little more truth to that. I really didn't dig into like the dedication of the Roosevelt Lodge or anything. The only thing that holds me up is the whole unsaddling horses thing. I've had horses to saddle and unsaddle. It is a bit of a process. Like there's steps that you do in particular order. And I just don't know that a ghost could do that. <laughs> I was thinking that like, I'm not a horse person by any means, but like I have worked with horses and it took me forever to try to saddle and unsaddle a horse. So like, and then it said that he would do that if they were previously ridden by a pretty girl. Like, I don't know what one has to do with the other or like how they even made that correlation. But yeah, I don't know how a ghost would do that. Also for a ghost to dedicate his life or afterlife, I guess, to unsaddling horses. That's an odd decision to make when you could probably do anything that you want to do in the entire world at that point. <laughs> I say it all the time. I have a, a to-do list when I pass away and I'm a ghost. I have things to do. I have people to mess with. I have people to go look out for. I have things to do. And I can tell you, it's not going <laughs> to be saddling or unsaddling horses. <laughs> Are you sure? What if a pretty girl had ridden the horse at some point? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what's so funny about that is like when I read that, I thought to myself, well, that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, nope, don't like that at all. That's so weird. Like, what? I don't know. I like the first story a little bit more because this story is like just odd to me. And the oddest thing is, why is the ghost dedicated to doing that of all things that the ghost could do? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess maybe he just really liked the horses or something. I have no idea. But maybe. Yeah. All right, so now I just have um, a couple wild stories of um, tourists having poor interactions with the animals of Yellowstone because I'm going to be honest with you guys. I live my life to hear what tourist got trampled this year in Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> I obviously hope nobody gets hurt and I hope that we can all make good choices, but I do understand that the reality of the situation is that common sense is not so common and that a lot of people truly believe that they are invincible. I almost feel like it's people, they think it's like a zoo or something that's controlled and like that the animals won't hurt you because they've been trained or something. But yep. it's not like that. They are wild as could ever be. And they want, again, I said it before, the animals want nothing to do with you. Yes. Oh my gosh. So it's funny you say that because when I was researching for this episode, um, I ran across, um, oh, I can't think of his name now. So there is a guy that wrote a book about all the like mysterious and crazy deaths in Yellowstone Park from like, I think like 1995 to like 2005 or something like that. I can't recall his name, but if I think about it, I'll share it on the socials because I imagine it's probably an interesting book. Um, and then he was coming out like this year or something with like a new updated one um, as well for more recent things. But he said that he was there once and like a tourist actually came and asked him why the animals were just able to roam free. So oh I think God. you're right. Like I truly believe, I think that people really believe this is like some sort of controlled zoo like environment. <laughs> 
it is just so far from that. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. All right. So let's start in 2010. So on this was like a particularly like tough year for Yellowstone um, because there was one bear in particular that was feeling extra spicy. Um, oh. Yeah. So this bear actually attacked three different people in one night. Now, Jesus. All three, yeah. Oh, and it's crazy. So this is not one of those scenarios where this was people getting too close to a mama bear or something like that. The all three of these people were sleeping in their tents when they were attacked. Oh, my God. Yes. Which is like crazy to me because so we have camped in bear country here in Montana um, and where we camped, I was actually, when I took Julia up there the first time, I was like, we come up here usually every year, like every single year, the same mama bears here every single year she has cubs. Um, so like, we always have to be vigilant, but like, honestly, she's, she's pretty good. Like, I think she's just used to people being around. So like, if you leave her alone, she will leave you alone and we're good. And we did see her. She walked along like the, um, the riverbank right behind our campsite and we got to watch her and that was really cool. And then um, actually the next morning we were, um, we laid around for a little while in the tent and then got up and got moving and stuff. And our, one of the campers, a couple spots over from us got a video. This mama bear was like outside of our tents trying to get into the bear box that had all of our food, but she did not bother us in our tents. Like we had no idea she was there. Had the neighbor guy not told us. I will tell you guys in this story, Danielle was far braver than I because I was I looked at the bear, got terrified and left. <laughs> <laughs> I just know like if you keep a safe distance and you're not like doing anything like threatening to them, they're usually fine. And it was a brown was bear and they're fine. pretty they're okay usually. So yeah. And we did. We kept it, it she walked like down the riverbank and way clear over and we watched her go kind of over the hill and down to the main part of the river and then they disappeared down the bank but yeah we've been like fishing down there and everything and like we'll just watch her like walk the bank back and forth all day and then you she walks through the campsite every night to go to her den and then every morning she walks back through to get back to the river and always has a couple cubs in tow so I'm just used to it I guess <laughs> <laughs> um now back to our story so these three people um, they were all sleeping when they were attacked. Um, one man was actually dragged out of his tent and 25 feet away where he was mauled to death. Now, luckily, the two others did survive. However, they did, of course, have pretty significant injuries. And I wasn't able to find anything on these other two people. Um, and so I would have liked to have known more about how they managed to survive when this other fella didn't, but sometimes it's just the luck of the draw, I guess. Jeez. Yeah. I, I wonder just, what was going on with that bear. You know, sometimes they're just real spicy. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and it also like, didn't say what kind of bear it was or anything. And so like, sometimes that plays into it too, because we know that like grizzly bears are far more, like aggressive than brown and black bears. So yeah, I wish we had a little more information, but that's all that the article gave me. So I wonder yeah. okay. in those situations, like did they properly store their food and like take, cause I know when you go into 
like any of the national parks, there's signs that tell you like what to do, what to watch out for, how to store your food, like all of it. There's specific like types of trash cans. I wonder if those mm-hmm. sorts of precautions were taken or not. Yeah. And I guess I've never camped in Yellowstone to know for sure, but I imagine it's a lot like any other place that you camp where there's bears. They have a bear box at your campsite for you maybe. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, that certainly could have played into it if maybe they were camping somewhere that was maybe a little less campgroundy. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't have the bear boxes maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just a lot that to unpack there and we just don't have the information, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. I would hope three people managed to put their stuff away but that seems like a lot to not put it away like one I'd be like okay yeah but three come on guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) now 2023 is actually shaping up pretty much as expected um, as far as tourists and animal interactions go so in May of this year a man actually saw a baby bison in the river and decided to pull it out, thinking it needed to be rescued. Oh, and I wasn't, no. yeah, and I wasn't actually able to try, get any sort of clarification on where the mom was because, like, as I'm reading this, I kind of expected to hear that he was going to be like attacked by the mom because they're very, they're aggressive too and they're very protective. But that was not the case. Like, instead, like I went on to read that the herd had actually abandoned the baby bison, so it ended up having to be euthanized. Um, and so it was like they he took it to. Um, parks and wildlife office right and um they tried to get it back with the herd and the herd was like nope that one smells funny now we don't like it anymore um which is so sad because people don't understand that like now this poor innocent little baby bison had to be put down because you know you thought you were I understand you thought you were being helpful but it's really like an ignorance issue right like we're just not educated enough to know that we need to just leave them alone yeah people have good intentions and I just I guess just remember like these animals have survived without human intervention and they will continue to survive without human intervention yeah absolutely now in July a woman was gored by a bison and received um, significant injuries as a result Um, also in May a couple was Um, driving along and had decided they were going to pick up an elk calf and took it to the West Yellowstone police station. Again, no information about the mom, which is again, surprising. Uh, Mm -hmm. However, thankfully the baby was released and it was able to run off. So like, hopefully it's doing well. Um, Oh, good. Yeah. So that's good. And then um, somehow I ended up out of order here, but it's fine. So back to our woman, <laughs> back to our woman in July. <laughs> um, so she was gored by the spice and had significant injuries. So what had happened was um, she was walking near the Lake Lodge cabins um, on the North shore of Lake um, Yellowstone. Um, and she says that it was her and her friend and that they saw these two bison. They said, Oh no, we shouldn't go. shouldn't keep walking. Like they turned to walk away. Like they were trying to do the right thing. It sounds like. And that's when the bison charged them and ended up goring the woman. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wish we had more info on it. Like, I would have been interested to know, like, just how far away it was and stuff like that. Because, um, I don't know, I guess in my head, I picture it, like, kind of far away. But also, I've never been over to, like, Yellowstone either. So, I guess I really don't know what these cabins look like and the walkway and stuff. But 
yeah I can't imagine she just like suddenly there was a bison like five feet away from her that seems weird so I mean yeah and if it's charged at her like did she not hear it that yeah that's weird like how did that happen yeah I feel like there's more to the story but that's all I got you guys I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) no it's a good story like using your imagination isn't a bad idea yeah Now, uh, during the summer season, we have another bear story for you guys. During the summer season, there was a mama bear and two cubs that happened to be eating along the road in West Yellowstone. So, of course, like, everybody was excited. Everybody stopped what they were doing. Traffic came to a halt. Everybody got out of their cars. Um, And there is actually, like, video of this. So, like, we're not going to share it, but um, you guys are welcome to go and try to go Google it. And I'm sure you can find it easily. Um, but yeah, so this man grabs his child and is holding his child and starts running after this bear and her cubs. And I Why? like, thank you. Yes. I thought to myself, huh, you're telling me that at no point in your life, people told you messing with a mama bear was bad. You're t- at no point, even if it was like the second grade. <laughs> What were they trying to achieve? I have no idea. So this was, like I said, you guys, this was actually caught on video. So initially this bear actually runs away and the cubs follow her. Um, But there is um, like another video that actually shows that like at a certain point, this mama bear is like, oh no, we're done here, sir. And she stands her ground and actually charges this man. So they well, I bet she did. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of surprised that wasn't the immediate um, reaction. Again, I'm going to guess this is anything other than a grizzly bear, because I think it'd be very different if it was a grizzly bear. Um, But typically mama bears in general are incredibly protective. And so even if you're not doing something threatening, like running towards them and their cubs, if you're too close or you make too loud of a noise or whatever, like anything that seems threatening to them, they will attack. So yeah, thankfully like this did not end up in a bear attack, especially because he had like this innocent child that probably was just thinking what in the world is going on. Mm-hmm. So I did just um, want to put in here, you guys, the public service announcement from the national park service, because um, I'm sure we will have more stories in the future for you guys. Um, as a result of people not following this, but we'll do our part and we will share it. I know Julia has shared it in some of her Yellowstone episodes, but I'll go ahead and share it again uh, just so we all get the repetition. (laughs) (laughs) So the National Park Service advises people to stay more than 25 yards from all large animals. So it's going to be 75 feet, you guys. And we define large animals as bison, elk, bighorn sheep, deer, moose, and coyotes. And at least 100 yards, which is going to be 300 feet away from the bears and the wolves. Um, You know, this seemed pretty common sense to me. But again, as we talked about common sense, not so common. Right. (laughs) But now that we have gotten through all of that, I will share with you guys my story from my younger days when I went to Yellowstone. So it was actually my very first time I ever went to Yellowstone. I was 17. I had just graduated high school early. And this was actually like my graduation present from my mom was this trip to Yellowstone. Um, And so we did go in January. 
and it was cold and snowy. I do remember that. And I believe we had, we did want to do like the snowmobile tour. Um, and we had actually like contemplated doing like the one that's a couple days long and like you go out and camp and all of that stuff, but, um, it ended up being booked up. So we couldn't even do it at all. And so we ended up doing like the snow coach tour. So it's like the van with the giant tracks on it and they drive you around to different areas and you can get out and like check out the geysers and stuff like that. They share history, that kind of stuff. It's really fun. And then you get to stay nice and cozy and warm. And so um, there was actually this family from the East coast that joined us. It was a mom and her two kids. And I can't remember exactly where they were from. I just remember it being somewhere on the East coast and they were like true tourists. So they were like asking questions about like the weather and the animals and like all of that stuff. And the mom had made like a comment about how Yellowstone was still like kind of like the old West, you know, and being like the little jokester that I am, you guys, I, um, I took this moment. This was my golden opportunity, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I proceeded to give this woman a whole made up story of what life is like in Montana. I oh had, my God. I had this lady convinced that all the people in Montana still rode horses everywhere. Just like in like the old Western movies. Like I'm pretty sure I even like was showing her pictures of my horses. Cause I had horses when I was younger. Um, this lady was mesmerized. It was so funny. Like my mom still brings it up to this day. That is beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> Still riding. I mean, people ride horses, but not everywhere. No, certainly not. And so it was just funny because I know there was more to it. Um, I just couldn't remember all the details. I just really remember like having her convinced about the riding the horses thing. Um, <laughs> and I knew she was just like flabbergasted. Like she like was just blown away. <laughs> she genuinely oh believed we did not have cars. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. Sometimes in the winter, I feel like I'd rather not have a car because it can be so scary driving, though. Oh, my God. People forget how to drive every single time it snows. It's ridiculous. Yes. Like, instantly. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, and we, fun fact, you guys, we actually already had our first snow of the season um, back in October. And it was rough. It was not great. Um, so it like had snowed, but then it was still kind of like warm it. And so then it kind of melted and then it snowed a whole bunch again. I think we got like probably like a foot of snow in a couple of days. It was, but then it would kept, kept melting. And so there was just like this crazy sheet of ice for like two or three days. And it was like scary, genuinely scary to drive. Like people were that. sliding everywhere. Um, I know I have four wheel drive and I have an SUV that's like meant for the snow and I got like, I almost could not go at a stop sign one day because it was just so icy. So, oh my God, that's horrifying. Yeah. And so we'll see what this winter holds for us. And yeah, it was super cold on Halloween, you guys. <laughs> I took my kids <laughs> trick or treating for like 2.5 seconds. We literally did a block and a half and I was like, all righty, we're done now. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, you guys. Well, I think that is all for us tonight. You guys don't forget, we are right around the corner from the podcast officially launching January 1st. So we cannot wait to see you guys there. We can't wait to hear what you guys think of the very first episode. We'll see you guys next time.
Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find the source material in the show notes. To show your support, please leave us a review on the platform you're listening on. This is the best way to support us, and this is what pushes our podcast out to new listeners. You can subscribe on Patreon. We are on Patreon as Over the Horizon and Far Away. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Over the Horizon and Far Away. If you would like to submit a case for us to cover, you can email us at overthehorizonandfaraway at gmail.com, or you can find our case submission form on any of our socials. We will see you guys next week. Bye!